You can turn to hymn 50 and just be ready. And I'll bring us our call to worship. And it's as preachers, if we can somehow relate to the congregation in a manner that they can remember just one thing that we have said six months, 10 years, 20 years down the line, then we have done well. Whether it was a testimony of uh, standing before Satan that someone will remember 40 years later, Because, you know, we'll listen to all those words, but then ask somebody what the guy said 10 minutes later, let alone a week later, and usually we can't remember. There's one preacher that we've had, he talked about an instruction manual and then was relating it to the uh, scriptures and stuff, and then all of a sudden he pulls out, the uh, owner's manual to his Ford pickup. That was Kenny. Don't remember a thing else that he said during that sermon, but that was a, uh, a truth that he said there, you know, something that we could relate to. And then him showing one time a little bitty drab fishing lure, a little tiny thing, just ugly little brownish gray thing. And then Pretty soon he has this great big flamboyant colored fishing lure out. Don't remember anything else he said. But he related that to the gospel and related that to how we want different things. And then I remember one time there was a big bag laying up here and a string coming out of it. And as he talked, he pulled that string and it became a a cord, and then it became a rope, and then it became a small chain, and out till it was finally that big log chain. Remember that? Don't remember anything else that he said. <laughs> but he put a visual in there, and it helps us relate to the gospel. It helps us in our everyday life. And I don't know what he's going to say or do today, but I hope 10 minutes later, a week later, 10 years from now, we'll remember one thing that he brought to us today. Let's stand and sing hymn number 50, and I'll bring the invocation.
Our Father, into this house that has been built and dedicated, we ask thy rich blessing to attend us, that it might fill Kenny with that power and authority that he has been called to express to each one of us and prick our hearts and our minds that we might go away from here with our minds renewed and our hearts refreshed that we might better serve you and better serve humanity that we, um, at the end of the day, we might hear it said, well done, good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name, amen. opening scripture this morning comes from uh, section 1, 3 of the Doctrine and Covenants. The voice of the Lord is unto the end of the earth, that all that will hear may hear. Prepare ye, prepare ye for that which is to come, for the Lord is nigh, and the anger of the Lord is kindled, and his sword is bathed in heaven. And that it shall fall upon the inhabitants of the earth, and the arm of the Lord shall be revealed. And the day cometh that they who will not hear the voice of the Lord, neither the voice of his servants, neither give heed to the words of the prophets and the apostles, shall be cut off from among the people. For they have strayed from mine ordinances, and have broken mine everlasting covenant." They seek not the Lord to establish his righteousness, but every man walketh in his own way and after the image of his own God, whose image is in the likeness of the world and whose substance is that of an old, of an idol which waxes old and shall perish in Babylon, even Babylon the great, which shall fall. M503, please. Thank you. 
Well, it's always good to see who is in attendance. But you know how when your heart has joy in it, and that's what I felt, uh, and I felt every time that I've seen Bud in our congregation worshiping with us. So it's great to have you here, Bud. What if today the Lord told you to go to North Tulsa and say the words that he would give you that would make those citizens mad? What if you had to deliver a message from God, regardless if it's North Tulsa, South Tulsa, Sperry, Skytook, and you knew the people were not going to accept the message well? What would you do? Would you try to avoid it like Jonah did at first? Or would you gladly go on the mission of saying what the Lord has directed you to say? It would be tough. Some of them shirked their responsibility through history, but most of them stood up and delivered the message that they were directed to deliver. <clears throat> and a prophet, if I had to say a title of my uh, message this, this morning, it would be Heed the Words of the Prophets and Apostles. Now, the only visual that's here today is Roger being an apostle. So no other one's needed. Mainly talking about the, the prophets and their, their duties. And a prophet has a responsibility of delivering to mankind a message directly from God. And that message might be a revelation. It might be prophesying. And it might be a commandment directly from God. But whatever that is, the hearers had a responsibility to hear and understand and obey. Now, we have the privilege of reading in the scriptures those, the messages and the words of the Lord through his prophets. And we have as much responsibility to live by that message as the people that were hearing it live. Where did that prophet receive authority? He received it directly from God. God speaks through prophets with an important message to the world. Now, we have a prophet today in Terry Patience. We've had prophets all the way since Joseph Smith that have the responsibility to deliver message, messages from our Heavenly Father directly to us. And those messages haven't changed over time. There is real today as they were when they were presented. Why is a prophet even needed? Well, after the fall of Adam and Eve, man became separated from God. But he loves us so much that he wants to, wanted to give us an opportunity to come back to him. He wants us to be able to live with him forever in his kingdom. And he always chose righteous men 
to be his spokesman. He speaks so we will know his plan of salvation. In Alma 3, 7, Surely the Lord will do nothing but revealeth his secret unto his servants the prophet. He doesn't want us to to live our life uh, with secrets that we should have been told, that we should have known about salvation. He wants us to give to get every opportunity we can without any excuses to return to him and live with him through eternity. And through prophets, God reveals his will, his character, and his truth. He's a special witness, not only of God, but also of the divinity of Jesus Christ, that he is the son of God, that he his sacrifice atoned for our sins. And he wants us to know the consequences of those sins and the need that we all have for repentance. I remember after the communion emblems were prepared one Sunday morning and C.H. and I were at the sink washing our hands I remember him saying, wouldn't it be nice if we could wash away sins this easily? The same principle is in effect, though, through repentance. He wants us to know the requirement of baptism to enter into the kingdom of God and that the Holy Ghost will see us through in times of, of trials and tribulations. Sometimes the prophets will prophesy about future events. And sometimes it's about immediate changes that need to be made by, by the listeners. Section 1 says, What I, the Lord, have spoken, I have spoken, and I excuse not myself. And though the heavens and the earth pass away, my, wor my word shall not pass away but shall all be fulfilled, whether by mine own voice or by the voice of my servants, it is the same. Now, if someone prophesies and the prophecy is not 100% correct, then it's a false prophecy. It's to promote the, the fallacy in that, in that prophecy. So we have to be aware of false prophets. And throughout time, that's been the case. <clears throat> and the Lord has called prophets like Noah, Abraham, Moses, Jonah, and many, many more. But he didn't stop there. On the American continent, the words that are recorded in the Book of Mormon are from prophets. In these latter days, God work through Joseph Smith to restore his priesthood and his church to the face of the earth and giving it authority to act in his name. And since the time of Joseph Smith, other prophets and apostles have been called to spread the truth of the word 
that he wants to reveal to us. But there are many false prophets and have been throughout the scriptures and even today. But God's true prophets were sent by him to speak his words and not their own words. Matthew 10, 17 says, Take no thought how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. Now God's prophets didn't live easy life, easy lives. They were responsible for delivering a message that many times were very harsh. Some even had to fear for their own lives. God's message through the prophets was his true thoughts and not the messenger. And most of the time, that message was not well received by the recipients, was it? And usually the purpose was to warn and reprimand the very sinful people who were unrepentant. They didn't want to hear that they were living sinful lives, evil lives, or what would happen after they had passed away. They didn't want to hear that there would be a final judgment. They wanted to go on living their lives, so they, in some cases, would kill prophets. They didn't want to stop doing what they were doing. They were satisfied with their life. They didn't want to think that their judgment ahead for me. <clears throat> An example of rejecting a prophet's warning was kind of strange because it was asked for by a person that rejected it. Naaman was the captain of the host, which means he was the commander of the army of the king of Syria. And he was a man of great importance, a virtuous man, a man of mighty value, not virtuous. And yet he was a man in need because he had leprosy. He sought a healing, but he wanted it on his own terms. So he, he went to the um, house of Elisha uh, with, with his... Uh, chariot and horses and he rode up I'm sure to show great power what, him, what a great important person he was <clears throat> but he wasn't met there by Elisha Elisha sent him a message go dip yourself in the Jordan River seven times and Naaman thought here I am at your door and you don't even bother to come out and see me in person? Don't you know how important I am? I wanted you to come out. I'm sure he wanted him to come out and put on a show. He wanted to be <clears throat> the star of the show where Elisha would come out, wave his hand over the leprosy, over the skin that was rotting off and saying, heal and he would instantly be healed. So he got mad, and he left, and he was violently upset. But his servants started reasoning with him and saying, 
Look, if, if you would have received a message directly from Elisha to do something great, maybe difficult, would you not have done it to receive a healing? So he did comply with the, with the message. He, but he thought, we've got rivers here close by that are a lot cleaner than the muddy Jordan River. Why can't I just choose any river I want to? <clears throat> but he finally dipped himself seven times in the Jordan River, and he was healed. He received the healing that he wanted, but he wanted it on his own terms. But once he complied with the message and did and was obedient to the message from God, then he was healed. <clears throat> Do we sometimes question whether a revelation or a message from God through our prophet applies to us or that we can pick and choose parts of it that we will live by or as we read them in, in the scriptures from old times, do we say, I'm glad that wasn't that I wasn't present during that time, I'd be responsible for that, to living by that message, but we are. <clears throat> and Jesus warned his disciples that there would be false prophets who would try to deceive his people. He told them to take heed that no one leads you astray. Now, that's not just words from the prophet we might hear, but as we are in the world, we have a responsibility to reject false teachings, whether it's from a prophet or a friend, family member, neighbor, anybody. Reject what is false and live by what is true. For many come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed. For this must take place. But the end is not yet. For nation, will, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes. And then they will deliver up you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another, and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. But he who endures to the end will be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. <clears throat> now there's a a story in the Bible uh, in 1 Kings chapter 13. And I won't read it, but what it says is um, exactly what this says. Many false prophets will lead you astray, and some will even kill you. There's one part in here I had to go before the service started to our resident 
scriptural expert, Ms. Pat. I need clarification on one point, <clears throat> but uh, we don't really understand what God did what he did, but here's the story. King Jeroboam was, had built an, a, um, an altar, and he was getting ready to burn incense. So as he stretched forth his hand to burn incense, an unnamed prophet came right in up to him and said, he re rebuked him for burning the incense and said that the altar would be broken apart and the ashes to fall on the ground. And when the king Jeroboam started to point at him and say, arrest him, bind him, his hand withered up. All he could think about was saving his hand. He didn't think about, I'm being judged by the Lord. It is real. He was more concerned with his physical hand and what, what had just happened to him. So instead of falling down in repentance, he asked the, the prophet. He said, heal my hand. Restore it like it was before. And it was instantly restored. He couldn't even bend it back to his, his body until his hand was restored. And then he was okay. But he was so impressed with the prophet that he said, come into my house and I'll feed you bread and water. And the prophet said, I've been commanded of God not to return the way that I came, not to go eat bread or water with anyone that asks. Even if you gave me half of your house, I won't go. <clears throat> so he he goes about his way another way, not the way that he came from. There, were, there was an old prophet that lived nearby that his sons had overheard that event. And so they went back to their father and told him exactly word for word what had happened. The prophet said he's, they call him a man of God. He, He's not supposed to re, uh, eat bread or water with anyone and to go a different direction as he left. They saw what direction, what direction he had left. And so the prophet said, saddle up a, a colt for me and I want to go meet this man of God. So he found him sitting under, under an oak tree. And he said, are you the man of God? that my sons told me about? He said, yes. He said, well, come and go with me to my house, and I'll feed you bread and water. And he said, I've been commanded by the Lord not to do that, not to even return the way I would have to if I went with you. <clears throat> and he, um, the prophet said, look, I'm a prophet just like you. 
And I guess he was in, in the past he had prophesied. And he said, an angel of the Lord gave me a message from the Lord that I'm to take you back to my house and give you bread and water. And the prophet went with him. And as they were eating, the, as they were eating, the, the old prophet rebuked him. He said, you were warned by God in a commandment not to eat bread or water or return the way that you had come. You won't be allowed to enter your father's sepulcher. And that passage ends with, and he lied not. That was my question to Pat. Well, the Lord, according to the scripture, spoke through an angel, giving that old prophet a message to invite the young prophet that had just delivered a message to King Jeroboam. Was it a test from God to see if he would actually follow through? He had done what God asked him to do. But the prophet said, told his sons to prepare a colt. And the young prophet rode off and was confronted by a lion. And he was, uh, he was killed by the lion. All right. As people would pass by, they would see the colt and the lion standing together. The lion hadn't eaten the prophet, nor the, nor the colt. They were just standing there. And as those people that would pass by and see that, they would tell it in the city. And so the old prophet said, I need to go see him. So he went, found him, the colt standing there right next to the lion, and he put him on his colt, ended up burying him in the, in the prophet's grave, and told his sons, when I'm dead, I want my bones to be laid right there beside his, because he delivered a message from God to the people. He was a good witness there. But he said, I want to do that in honor of him doing what he should have done before he disobeyed the Lord. <clears throat> God is a jealous God, and he wants us to follow directions. And why he hasn't struck me down, because he did this prophet already, I won't know, but I appreciate his patience. I want to end with a, a section R-154 from a prophet, Fred Larson, that speaks to us, especially today. For as surely as you understand time, time shall come to an end, and it is for you to speedily be about building my earthly kingdom. To this end, you must con continue to make preparation to escape the coming economic calamity, free yourselves of monetary debt to withstand the approaching collapse of moral and family values around you. Established family altars must be in place. 
even though you may have to pass through many trials in these last days, be strong and be cheerful. For in my gospel and in my word, you shall find strength to overcome. Seek me in your quiet places and you shall have peace in your souls. That is a commandment to us in these modern days. And do we heed it? Thank you, Kenny. Sure made you think a lot while he was speaking, didn't it? 557. And Bud, will you bring us our closing prayer? 557, please. Thank you.